Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is the Maya Subaya. The Maya is the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Global Customer Experience at Cisco, a role he's held for over a year and a half and is responsible for driving innovation in the Cisco success portfolio and accelerating customer adoption, partner engagement, and overall growth for Cisco's services. Prior to joining Cisco, the Maya was the Chief Operating Officer of Customer Success, as well as Senior Vice President of Global Marketing and Operations at Salesforce. In this interview, the Maya provides his perspective on the changing customer expectations and the impact on the future of work. He also shares the hallmarks of what great customer experience looks like in the digital age, highlights the shifting priorities of customers, and articulates the way companies are responding to these changes. He also discusses how hyper-automation is the path ahead for collaboration tools and paints a picture of what this might look like in the years ahead. Finally, Damaya looks ahead at other trends and technology that are on his radar. Damaya Subaya, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with you today. Yeah, thank you for having me here, Peter. It's great to be here. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. I've been looking forward to getting your insights across a number of topics of great relevance to our audience. And so thank you for taking time. Why don't we dive in then? Uh, so Tamaya, you run global customer experience at Cisco, and it's certainly a topic that has grown significantly uh, in relevance in the past several years. The context of this has certainly grown. The, the way in which we think about customer experience and the channels through which we, we understand what good looks like have certainly grown for so many of us as individuals and users, as companies that, that provide that very experience as well. And, and yours is an organization that touches so many customers uh, and yours is an organization within Cisco that does so that I'm really interested in your own perspectives on this. Uh, and I wonder if you could take a moment to talk about some of the, the hallmarks of great uh, customer experience in the digital age. What are some of the things that, that, that come to mind as you think about that? Yeah, absolutely, Peter. And uh, one of the things is when I think about customer experience, calling it um, uh, one of the most important things right now is kind of an understatement because recent studies have shown that within any CEO's priority list, customer experience has gone from being number eight to number nine to being number two pretty much across the entire industry. And that shows the relevance that this entire function organization mindset Bring, is bringing to the entire industry. There have been a couple of pivotal points because I always say this, there was a time when it was all about hardware. You did not really need a true customer experience as we know it today. You needed a great experience at the time of buying. There was another time during the time of bandwidth as well as storage where it was pretty much the same. But as we evolved through technology and now in today's day and world, where everything is cloud-based or you get hybrid cloud-based situations, customer experience is starting to become the more forefront of everything that we do. And essentially it is not only about the customer experience, but it is truly about how you're solving business challenges for your customers. And that is starting to become the integration point because nobody depends on one vendor today. Any given company, any given CIO, when you have a conversation with them, they actually dealing with hundreds of different vendors across the entire stack of all the solutions that are provided to them. And bringing all of this together in a cohesive way and being able to not only implement it correctly, but also integrate it across all these technologies is where customer experience truly starts to shine. And that's why if you look across the entire board, it is forefront for everyone. And one of the biggest things that I tell the entire company is customer experience is not an organization. It is a mindset. 
every single employee within the company owns it. I really like that. And the, the fact that it's something that needs to be more comprehensive, even than just the folks who, who are on your team, that, that everyone can contribute to this. Uh, I wonder if you could talk a little, little bit about how customer needs and expectations have changed, especially during the course of such dynamic times across the past couple uh, of years through the pandemic. Um, talk a bit about how this is evolving from your perspective as so much in life has changed and therefore even how we uh, procure what we do and how we interact has changed. Uh, the whole definition of customer experience has has certainly had some dramatic changes uh, along with that. Please, if you wouldn't mind taking a moment to define some of those things as well as how you and the team are responding to that, I'd be be interested in your perspectives. Peter, when you think about the whole hybrid work situation, it's not something that just started during the pandemic. I believe that the move towards hybrid work had started way before with the introduction of mobile technology, being able to access all the information that you need at your fingertips. And as we evolved through it, one of the things that's starting to become way more important for pretty much most of the CIOs across the entire globe is security. Now you have people connecting from various different places, various different devices, sometimes personal, sometimes company provided into a singular network, which happens to be the biggest point of failure for most CIOs right now. And when you think about security and when you think about information security, it can be extremely damaging to some of our customers. If there's any possible leak, it could shut down businesses, it could shut down supply chains. And in some cases, some of the business critical functions especially related to healthcare and other areas. So not only being able to secure your endpoint is becoming important, but also being to identify patterns and be proactive about it is starting to become top of mind for pretty much every single CIO, CSO, that's the chief security officers out there. We have another thing that's happening along with this is the whole move into AI technology. So now we've got a lot of insights that's coming through, being able to merge that in with AI technology and automate the ability for us to pinpoint incidents even before they happen is one of the key critical things. And what we've done within our entire organization is we've started to move towards digital, more AI ML-based technologies a while back in terms of initially it started off with optimization. But now we are able to extract that out and get into security policy management and other areas to be able to identify, be much more proactive in a digital format with all our customers. And that's starting to really shine. And that's something that I would call a true unique differentiator for us within the market. It's so interesting as well, Tamaya, yours being an organization that uh, was an early champion and innovator in, in enabling organizations and individuals to collaborate virtually, as you point out, long before the pandemic when it became essential for so many. Uh, so really interesting to get your perspectives with a much broader uh, and expansive purview uh, that, that your organization and you have had uh, in, this, in this area. I wanted to, uh, as a follow-up to that, uh, thinking about some of those changing customer expectations, um, you know, I, I think it's interesting to highlight that so many companies now are defining what the future of work will entail, and many now are really thinking of it as hybrid work. And as a result of some of those changes and expectations and a, and, and a large coalescing uh, around this, this, uh, this idea, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about um, what we should all expect to see in the next few years now looking into the future based upon those expectations. 
Yeah, so we talk about customers, we talk about companies, we talk about various different uh, entities out there, but ultimately it's backed by individuals. And a collective uh, set of individuals working across different geographies is something that has always existed. But when we talk about hybrid work, we're saying not only are they across various different geographies, but now they're all isolated in different pockets. Being able to bring them all together in a, seam, a simple, seamless way is what's top of mind for everyone. And as we think about the future, this is just the beginning of a pattern. This is the beginning of a trend. I'm not saying that everyone's going to go hybrid or virtual. It is going to come to a point when we start to clearly define what are the functions that can be done virtually, what are the functions that can be done uh, collaboratively across different geographies, and starting to bring all of that in a seamless, cohesive manner to be able to bring in things like video conferencing, but then take video conferencing to the next level where you have um, virtualization just directly built in where it's always on technology. You're able to collaborate much better, whether you're building out architectures, whether you're whiteboarding on different things and not having to go to different tools, sending uh, information back and forth, but it's all real time. That's where we are headed towards. So what we're seeing right now is just video voice. And in some cases, we have things like collaborative whiteboarding, but you're going to see that propelled to the next level where it's almost going to feel real. It's almost going to feel real whether you're in the office or whether you're virtual, whether you could be sitting in the mountains in Colorado, you're going to feel like you're sitting in the office. And I think that's where we are headed, which in a way is good because a lot of times I talk to people who have been working hybrid for a really long time now, and they all tell me about the missing human connection. And even when I talk about our technologies, when I talk about us going digital with customer experience, one of the things that our customers have always told us is, do not leave behind the human connection. We want a combination of both. We want that human intelligence, that human combination together compiled with digital. And everyone going hybrid, virtual, all of that is just gonna bring all of this together in a much more simple way, like I mentioned earlier. Very interesting. And again, yours is an organization that's done a lot of thought around the idea of hybrid work. I wonder, uh, given that collective wisdom, are there, uh, is there a place that, that, that folks who are listening now might go to or turn to in order to gain more information on what you've described? Yeah, uh, I'm going to talk about a slightly adjacent technology and anything that you get your hands on related to this will propel how this entire vision is going to come together as automation. And I'm specifically talking about hyper automation. A lot of times when we talk about AI, ML, it leads to automation. And that is the ultimate goal is to automate. But to automate anything, we need historical data. We need patterns. We need trends. We need the root cause of why something happened. And that's the missing link, as I call it, between where we are today and where we could go with AI and AI based automation. And I'm calling this hyper-automation primarily because that's what is going to bring all technologies together. That's what's going to automate what we do on a manual basis. For example, I wake up in the morning, I come to my uh, WebEx board and I hit the join call button. Do I need to hit the join call button? Does it detect my presence? Does it realize through my presence that I'm already ready? Does it get me into that conversation? If there's something that I've done in the past related to a whiteboard that's relevant to that session, Will it give me hints around it saying, hey, you could use this since you're explaining the same thing again to another set of audience? Things like that, being able to bring it in a much more automated way is going to start to become key.
The second piece to automation is also when you think about across the board, whether it's networks, whether it's data centers, whether it's campuses that you're running, when you start to think about the entire collection of all of this and being able to uh, take something that's already existing and optimize it and continue to optimize it is what the automation layer is going to let you. So reading material, I would, I would really suggest and recommend to look at anything related to automation, especially hyper automation and how that's going to propel the backbone of technology in any different principle or field. As somebody who has reason to speak with executives from so many different companies, I wonder if you can offer some specific examples of what great customer experience looks like, uh, given all that we've discussed so far. It'd be interesting to bring some of this to life with examples, if you could. Yeah. And this is something that I'm really passionate about. So whenever I sit down with any executive from any of our customers, uh, anywhere in the globe, the first question I ask is, what are you trying to solve for? And is that being met? It does not matter whether it's Cisco, it does not matter whether it's another vendor, it does not matter whether it's any of our partners. The ultimate goal is to get our customers towards their business outcomes. And I always say this, we drive innovation with our products, but we truly drive customer transformation with customer experience. And that mindset, I think, has really evolved in terms of the relationships that are built as well as the insights that I've gotten into in various different uh, industries. A couple of key critical themes that come across, Peter, rather than go into specific examples, I'd like to talk about a couple of themes. One is around implementation. 80% of the times, and this is not only one-on-one -on -one conversations, but this is also looking at data, 80% of the times, a customer is not able to get to a business outcome because of an implementation not done right. And what leads to good implementation in today's world is the integration of all the different technologies that are relevant to that particular business outcome that they're trying to solve for. So we started to realize at a very early stage that solving for the implementation and the integration, doesn't matter who does it, but making sure that's done right is basically going to get our customers to their business outcomes. And that has been the key in terms of cracking the code across the board, because a lot of times people come and talk to me about driving adoption. And I ask them, what is driving adoption? If you don't have your implementation, there's no driving adoption, there's no expansion, there's no upsells, there's no continued customer advocacy. None of that exists. And so I, I put a lot of emphasis on the implementation piece of it because that is something that is really, really close and critical to each and every individual that we I talk to from our customers. That's a great observation. I appreciate you sharing it. We've, we've, we've already noted a number of relevant trends, the future of work, hybrid work, customer experience. You've noted uh, augmented reality and virtual reality as, as complements to some of what we've described. Are there other industry trends you're seeing that excite you as you look to the future at the Maya? Yes, there's one really big one, which is the onset of 5G. I think 5G is, at, at least in my opinion, 5G is an enabler. More than anything, it is an enabler. And one of the biggest areas, like I can give you an example, IoT. IoT has been great, but it's been used in some cases in manufacturing, in some cases very, very nascent in home automation and a couple of other areas. But when you think about 5G, and when I say 5G is an enabler, it is going to be an enabler for adjacent technologies like IoT. We are going to start to see expansion. We are going to see like huge amounts of uh, IoT-based technologies or uh, 
relevant applications start to increase because of 5G coming in. So I'm really excited to see where that goes. It also leads to the access of data because data is continuing to be the key within any kind of business solution that you're trying to drive. Data is continuing to be the trend, continuing to be the key. And with the expansion of 5G, the access to data starts to become really, really easy, simple, simplified. And I always say this, there was a time when having the information was the best thing about a business solution. But in today's world, it's not having the information that makes a big difference. It's what are you doing with that information? How are you using that in real world applications? What are the solutions that you're building? That's really critical. And I think uh, 5G is one of those areas where I'm really excited. That's a great example. Thank you for articulating why you're so excited about it. I, I, here at the close, uh, Tamaya, I wanted to ask you, you know, uh, is, if there's one key thing you want everyone to, uh, to walk away with with regard to hybrid work, what, what is that one thing that sort of encapsulates uh, what has you excited? I'd say hybrid work is real. It's here. It's been here. We've never noticed it. And it's here to stay. And the quicker we embrace it, the quicker we start to like simplify what hybrid work means and make it much more easier for all our companies to be able to work in a hybrid environment. I think the quicker we progress overall across all industries. Peter, one of the reasons why I also um, talk about hybrid work is when we went into the pandemic at Cisco, we didn't feel a difference. Yeah, a few of us who came into the office started working from home, but that's about it because 50, 60% of my team was always remote. I already had this telepresence in the office and all my meetings had a telepresence running, right? So from that perspective, it's not something that I'm looking at as a big change. Yes, for some companies it has changed, but eventually people are just going to get used to it. For me, it's more getting used to it. What are some of the trends that you are seeing? Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. The way I've described it, uh, Thamaya, is there were many people who were, uh, you know, bruising their own backs as they patted them uh, for the transition that they led in March of 2020, when in many ways what you, as just as you say, most businesses, and I don't mean to paint with too broad a brushstroke, had experience with virtual work and therefore doing that at a greater scale wasn't necessarily as uh, remarkable a lift as some might have painted it. The way, although I will say, one of the things that I, I've written a bit about this in my Forbes column that um, what's what, what will happen from this point forward will be much more challenging than what was experienced in March of 2020. And part of it is that we have a number of hypotheses as to the complexion of work, the balance in office versus outside of the office. The, the incredibly important point that you raise with regard to the cultural elements and the fact that you know how do we, each of us feel like we're part of something bigger than just ourselves if we are primarily working. Uh, you know, outside of the context of uh, of a headquarters or a or a field office of one sort or another, where we can have impromptu meetings and get to know each other through kind of just osmosis as to how uh, the cultural norms of an organization, finding ways to replicate that with very intentional get-togethers, and also finding ways to replicate that as best we can virtually becomes uh, you know kind of the challenge for us to solve. And I think. All of us, it's it, this is new uh, in terms of uh, of how to manage that, and so there are going to be a lot of hypotheses that are tested that will frankly be incorrect, and we need to be very open with that fact, uh, and also be uh, you know open to to learning as we go, Le learning from from each other, from our our reports and our our broader team, uh, and continuing, to, and also learning from our peers and other organizations to to help continue to tighten up those hypotheses as to what's going to work best for the future as well. 
Um, so I think it, it, it tends to be this kind of evergreen topic that so many people are, you know, learning as they go, d developing new uh, uh, new relevant uh, aspects to as they go as well. It's been fascinating to to chat with a number of uh, leading technology executives on this very topic. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the key words that you mentioned in there was intentional meetings. Yeah, and I think that's right. That's what keeps that human connection going because it always has. And we never realized we thought it was coming into work, but it was those intentional offsites and other meetings that we have on a regular basis, like maybe once a quarter, twice a quarter. The other thing that I'm also noticing, talking to a lot of people, because uh, uh, some of them tell me to attract key talent, you need to offer hybrid work. But at the same time, when I talk to a lot of people that we've been looking at hiring over the last couple of uh, months, uh, they all want to go back to the office because now you're talking about somebody who is out of college for the last five to seven years, wants to be there, wants to be in the city, wants to be seen, wants to be heard. And like my previous company, we had this thing where we started setting up offices downtown. We always went downtown. We never went to the suburbs or further down into a technology park. We always had our offices downtown. We managed to attract a ton of talent. And that trend is starting to continue because if you look at people who want to go back to work and who want to go back to the office, it's because it's downtown. It's because they get to meet people. They can go to yes. happy hour in the evening. They are uh, young. They want to be out there versus sit at home and work and meet two friends in the evening. That's not the life they want. Whereas somebody with a family, like for me, it works because I get to see my daughters all the time. So I think mm -hmm. it's going to be very different in terms of the way we see it today versus yeah. where we will end up. It's a great point. Great points you raise. Yeah, a, a wonderful parting thought. Well, Thamaya Subaya, thank you so much for uh, taking time with me today, sharing a bit about your experience on a topic of great relevance, several topics of great relevance to us all, that so many of us are on different rungs of the ladder in terms of maturity, but you, you certainly set examples that I think help point us all in the right direction to continue our upward trend uh, towards what you've described. Thank you so much for sharing some great perspectives from across the experience you have uh, at Cisco in your, in your role of consequence. Thank you so much, Peter.